0: Good morning, it is Wednesday the 20th of May, this is The Briefing, I'm Tom Tilley, joined by Annika Smethurst and today Annika the Brief is on the 5G corona conspiracies.
1: Yeah, Tom, around the world, people have been setting fire to 5G towers and blaming the new technology for the spread of the coronavirus. An essential poll has found that one in eight Australians actually believe 5G is responsible for spreading the disease.
0: Okay, so we're going to get right into this topic. It's quite a controversial one. You'll find out if there's anything to worry about. Today and tomorrow, we're going to go deep into the 5G fears. And today, you'll hear a leading electromagnetic researcher, answer all the key questions about 5G and your health. First, let's find out what else is making news.
1: Tom, there'll be plenty of face masks and disinfectant, but no spare middle seat to keep us a metre and a half apart when we're allowed on Qantas and Jetstar flights again. Here's Qantas boss Alan Joyce.
2: There is a possibility uh, that we might have nearly all the states opening up as early as July, and we're planning for that. We have the ability to put a large amount of our capacity back in the air, dependent on demand.
0: Alan Joyce there. So when the states do finally open up and we're allowed to fly, the Qantas Fly Well program will see passengers using self-serve options for things like checking in bags or scanning boarding passes. Uh, As well as that, there'll be plenty of hand sanitising stations and regular cleaning.
1: Yeah, the airline will still aim to fill every seat, though, not leaving any empty areas for social distancing. Alan Joyce says the data shows the risk of catching it on board is actually extremely low.
0: It seems like there's a, a... a bit of conflict opening up around these state border closures Annika, with Queensland, South Australia and Western Australia not wanting to open their borders for months.
1: Yeah, I kind of can't blame them given most of the cases are still in Melbourne and Sydney. So look, there has been talk about having a hub so people in those states can travel together but the big states aren't too keen on that, they want to sort of open up at the same time.
0: The Chinese embassy has taken another swipe at Australia. Yesterday we heard that China had supported the push for an inquiry into the coronavirus and that was seen as positive news by Australian leaders who'd been leading that push for an inquiry.
1: Yeah, but it didn't take long for that to turn around. Within a matter of hours, the Chinese embassy in Australia came out and said the claim that the resolution was vindication of Australia's call for an inquiry was, quote, nothing but a joke, because in their eyes, the inquiry would be totally different to the one Australia originally wanted. Here's our Trade Minister, Simon Birmingham, who clearly doesn't see it as a
0: joke. is not going to engage in cheap politicking over an issue as important as COVID-19. And COVID-19 has claimed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people around the world, including Chinese lives. That's the Trade Minister, Simon Birmingham, speaking on Sky. Uh, he's also flagged plans to appeal the massive tariff that will essentially kill off Australian barley exports to China.
1: All of this comes as Australia reaches a grim coronavirus milestone, with our death toll now in the triple digits. A resident at Sydney's Newmarch House became the 100th person to die from the deadly virus.
0: I'm wondering when it's going to end with this spat with China. It seems like every day there's news about them backlashing to something that we've said or done.
1: Look, it doesn't sound too great, but I've had a bit of a look into this and it seems they've got a few spats going with some other countries Mm. that could potentially fill that market. So we might actually end up okay out of this just because they might not have anywhere else to go.
0: Well, yeah, and it's kind of comforting to hear that they're having these kinds of arguments with other Western countries as well. We're not the only country that China's lashing out against at the moment.
1: But unfortunately, it really does affect farmers and it does seem to be a political fight. But there's people on the other end producing barley and producing beef that are really hurting because of this.
0: It's been revealed that a Master Chef contestant who disappeared from the show mid-season left because he'd been charged with sexually assaulting a teenage girl while he was in Melbourne filming the show.
1: Yeah, in an episode that was filmed in March, but aired on Sunday, this is how the judge explained his mysterious disappearance.
2: You're probably wondering where Ben is. Due to a personal matter, Ben is out to leave the competition and he will not be returning.
0: Police have now confirmed that it was a legal matter. The 36-year-old Ben Ungerman was arrested for allegedly assaulting a 16-year-old girl It was released on bail to front court again in June.
1: And one of Australia's touring music festivals looks like it could be over, Tom. The FOMO Festival, which has hosted stars like Lizzo, Nicki Minaj and Post Malone, has gone into liquidation.
0: It's almost $5 million in debt, the FOMO Festival, and the liquidator in charge isn't optimistic about that cash being paid back. They say the pandemic is one, but not the only reason for the trouble.
1: Liquidators will give an update in three months, but Chief Medical Officer Professor Brendan Murphy has already said he doesn't think any music festivals will happen until there's a vaccine for the virus.
0: Well, hearing that, it feels like someone's ruining Christmas. We did have Michael Chug on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he said that festivals could be able to go ahead without a vaccine, you know, if they found the right isolation and and safety measures.
1: Yeah, I think international artists will be out for a while until international travel really is up and running again, and that might not be until next year.
0: All right, let's talk about the wild, divisive and very complex topic of the 5G corona conspiracy. The coronavirus pandemic has sent 5G fears into overdrive.
1: Yeah, very early on in this pandemic, a conspiracy theory started gaining some serious traction and they were blaming the outbreak on the installation of 5G towers in Wuhan. Since then, people have been setting fire to 5G towers in the UK and in Europe and in Canada and New Zealand. And they're seriously worried that 5G radio waves are actually spreading this virus.
0: Yeah, the two main theories that continue to be circulated are, one, that the radio waves from 5G might suppress the immune system, making us more vulnerable to COVID-19. And secondly, that the virus can be spread through the radio waves from 5G.
1: Look, there's even a really wacky third theory that the whole lockdown thing is just a conspiracy to keep us inside where they build more of these towers. But look, a number of celebrities have actually been helping to spread these theories, including Woody Harrelson, John Cusack, Fran Dreschler from The Nanny, which I guess is giving them a little bit more legitimacy.
0: Fran from The Nanny. I just can't believe that one. Um, Let's get into the science, Annika. We're going to put all the big curly questions to Professor Rodney Croft. He's from the Australian Centre for Electromagnetic Bioeffects Research at the University of Wollongong. Uh, Rodney Croft, thank you so much for joining us. At the heart of this debate is the concern that radio waves are harmful to our health. Is that true? Because I imagine if you stuck your head in a microwave, you'd have some problems. And at what levels are radio waves harmful?
2: Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. If you use a microwave oven, we know we can cook things, we can do a lot of damage, and the electromagnetic uh, radiation coming from mobile phones, from 5G and so forth, is really the same as what we get from a microwave oven. So the issue is really to do with power, and microwave ovens have a really huge power, and that's why they're able to heat things a lot. Whereas something like a mobile phone, the maximum it can really heat you to is about 0.1 degree, which is very small compared to the normal fluctuations we have, as we are even sitting on a couch. <laughs> we have, we have our temperatures change a lot more than that. So. In principle, it can um, cause a lot of heating, but there are uh, very strict guidelines. And certainly here in Australia, they're enforced uh, to ensure that the levels are actually very low and far too low to actually hurt you at all.
0: Are there other Western countries that have stricter standards on 5G than we do? Uh,
2: There are some. uh, They're not science-based, though. They tend to be, uh, well, it's not really clear where the levels come from. Switzerland, for instance, uh, has a a much lower level, and they uh, say that it's for a precautionary principle, just in case the UK, US, France, Italy, and so forth are following international best practice. The issue is really about whether you follow the science or whether whether you make a decision based on community concern or you know things that uh, are a little bit less tangible i guess but most of the world use the science based restrictions
1: how much research has there actually been into 5G? I know one of the concerns from these so-called conspiracy theorists is that we're extrapolating research based on other technologies such as 4G, and in fact, they believe there should be more research into specifically 5G. Is that the case?
2: Uh, Well, it depends how you look at it. If you you want to have 50 years of research for every particular technology and every time you use the phone, because <laughs> every time you use the phone, it's it's always giving a slightly different emission, uh, then that's certainly not the case but in science we're not so much interested in the technology but we're interested in the physical agent underlying it we're interested in the electromagnetic radiation and we certainly know a lot about what the electromagnetic radiation can do that has been researched for yeah uh, well much more than 50 years but certainly in the last 30 or so there's been a, a huge amount of funding going into trying to To boost that research and and it has done and I'd say we we know an awful lot about it and we certainly know that it's safe.
0: Are you acknowledging there that yes, we know a lot about electromagnetic radiation, but no, we haven't had that much specific research into 5G and its connection to that radiation?
2: Uh, No. Uh, What I'm saying is that we know everything about 5G from the scientific research that we've conducted over many years. There isn't anything new about what it does in fact in Australia, uh, although people talk of it as if it's uh, a completely different uh, frequency band to 4G, for instance. Um, that's not actually the case. In, in Australia, the, the frequency we're using is the same as 4G. In the future, there are plans to go to higher frequencies. And even as we go to much higher frequencies, we know exactly what the difference in the effect is. It's simply a matter of as we move in the future to higher frequencies in Australia, what will happen is the wavelength gets a little bit shorter marginally. It, it really is uh, a very small difference. And what happens as it gets smaller is that it gets absorbed more superficially. So instead of going deeper into your body, it gets absorbed by the skin. So uh, any heating that's going to occur is going to occur more superficially in the skin and not get through to things like the brain. We can understand where that heating is going to appear. We know what it is going to do. And the limits themselves, of course, are not based on a particular Technology, they're based on the radiation that comes from it. And so the technologies have to fit with the standards, the guidelines for those particular electromagnetic radiation frequencies. So you still end up with the same effect, very small increase, maybe 0.1 degree, but it's, it's no longer deeper in the body. It's now at the surface and the guidelines and the standards here in Australia take those into account to ensure that they can't get to an unsafe level.
1: Look, some people are pretty upset about 5G technology, and one of the reactions has been to set the towers on fire, among other things. Um, By the sounds of it, the towers don't pose any greater risk than other towers we have in society. Is that right?
2: That's exactly right. The the amount of energy and look, old towers are uh, exactly the same. What what we've got are really, really low levels. In fact, the levels coming out of your tower are usually about 100 to 1,000 times lower than the uh, levels coming out of your phones. So if someone was, was concerned about it, the most sensible thing, I guess, would be to restrict the actual handset use, but the towers themselves have negligible electromagnetic radiation coming out of them. So it's, and and in fact, with some of the Conspiracy theories that are—I well, call them conspiracy theories—about, um, for instance, five G and um, and coronavirus. Some claiming that uh, that five G causes it. What you find, of course, is that there's no difference in coronavirus rates where there are five G towers and there aren't. Iran, for instance, doesn't have a very extensive. 5G network, but they still have a lot of coronavirus cases. So the radiation doesn't seem to be relevant to to the arguments. It seems to be more a concern or a fear of people independent of science.
0: One of the theories is that 5G radio waves can harm your immune system, making you more vulnerable to COVID-19. Is there any semblance of truth to that?
2: No, we don't have any evidence of that at all. Uh, There have been a a few studies over the years that have uh, uh, reported um, changes in immune function. But when other Uh, scientists have tried to replicate the studies. They haven't been able to find these results.
0: What about the theory that the radio waves can spread COVID-19? Any truth to that?
2: No. Look, once we get to those kind of stories where we're really getting so far removed from science that it's a bit hard to to really answer it. It's, it's more like talking about, you know, saying, well, aliens have come and, and given us COVID-19. <laughs> Look, anything is possible, but it's just there's absolutely no grounding. Um, radio waves cannot carry COVID-19, they, they can't carry any viruses. It's just not how they work.
0: Yeah, speaking of the research, these conspiracy theories often cite research as proving their point. Um, some of the common ones that come up are a 2011 World Health Organization uh, report saying that radiation can be a possible carcinogenic. There's a 2012 report from the US National Toxicology Program saying that after years of exposure to second, third, fourth generation radio frequencies, there could be an increased cancer rate in male rats, an Italian study, the Ramazzini Institute talking about the impact of, of first, second, third, fourth generation networks. Are you aware of those studies? And, and what do you say about, the? I guess, the way different studies are sort of used to, to justify these theories?
2: Well, look, it's it's I, certainly I'm aware of them. I've uh, written reviews on the Ramazzini and the NTP study, Um, I've certainly uh, had to deal a lot with the IARC 2B classification. For each of these studies, we can come down to them and talk about the the ins and outs, and and, and we certainly do that. And when we, for instance, when we look at the the IARC classification, we see that uh, what we've actually got is a definition. Now, possibly in their classification doesn't mean what we would use in everyday language for possibly. So what they really are talking about uh, uh, is that they've given a classification of um, electromagnetic waves uh, waves of this uh, frequency of being possibly carcinogenic and for them possibly carcinogenic means it's similar to things like uh, pickled vegetables, uh, coffee and so forth. Um, But they don't have any evidence that it's caused by it. So it's largely based on epidemiological studies where there have been. A couple of studies that have shown an association in the population between brain cancer uh, levels and mobile phone usage patterns. The strange thing to me is that that ignored the Uh, largest international study, which uh, was by far the the strongest um, and methodologically rigorous study out there, uh, which failed to replicate those small sporadic studies. And in fact, when you look at cancer incidence, even here in Australia, for instance, if those studies that claimed that there were increases in cancer rates were true, Due to mobile phone use, for instance, or base station exposure, you would expect to see a certain, quite a large rise in brain cancer rates. But here in Australia, as elsewhere in the world, there just isn't any rise at all. So when you look at the actual study, you need to look at it carefully, but also look at it in relation to the rest of the research and say, Could this actually make sense? Could it be that uh, mobile phones, for instance, increased brain cancer rates 10 times, which is what one of the studies uh, from Sweden claimed, Hardell. He has a number of these studies that have uh, made um, very strong conclusions. If we say that there's a 10 times increase and yet we don't see any increase in brain cancers in the population, it it straight away raises a red flag and makes us think, hmm, is that right? And so that's why big studies like the multinational Interphone study have been conducted. And with that, we're able to say, okay, there's always difficulties with small studies. Let's get a really big one. Let's cover a number of countries. Let's have a look and see whether there's really anything in this or whether maybe there were just some strange quirks with that uh, particular lab in Sweden, for instance. If anything, um, they found a a very strong, (laughs) statistically significant reduction in brain cancer rates. Now, I I don't think that mobile phones reduce brain (laughs) cancers, uh, but there was certainly no indication of any increase at all. So it it gets really difficult, but unfortunately it does take a, a lot of time and effort to to really get into the detail of any particular study and then to try to make sense of it within the whole literature in order to come up with a conclusion. Let's face it, uh, we just don't have time to do that as people. <laughs> we, we, we do have better things yeah. to, to do, but, but it's certainly easy for someone to take little bits of that and make it into a story which looks pretty scary.
1: Look, you've been pretty good at debunking uh, some of these conspiracy theories with us, but just a quick one yes or no. There seems to be a theory from some people that the lockdown is part of a government conspiracy, so the government can install 5G antennas en masse. Yes or no, is that true?
0: That would be a no. <laughs> that was Professor Rodney Croft from the Australian <laughs> Centre for Electromagnetic Bioeffects Research at the University of Wollongong, pointing out there. Why it's so complex to interpret scientific research, and then I guess why it's so vulnerable for people to cherry pick it and form their own narratives, Annika.
1: Yeah, I guess the whole way science works is it's challenged until there's an established fact and that can take many years. So as long as there's any doubt out there, I guess it allows these sort of theories to flourish. So look, tomorrow we will actually be going deeper on this and look at why conspiracy theories do get traction in the first place. Why are people looking for different answers? And especially at the moment, there's Mm. low levels of trust in institutions. Everyone's scared because of the virus. And if that means we're going to see more of these, Ideas.
0: Yeah, and also how we deal with them, how we have these tricky conversations involving complex research around really divisive topics at a time where, as you say, there's a, a lack of trust in institutions and a plethora of misinformation on the internet. That's on tomorrow's episode of The Briefing Why a Theory Like the 5G Coronavirus Conspiracy Can Get So Much Traction. Subscribe on the Podcast One Australia app or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you tomorrow. A Podcast One production.